this is a serious business. And um, if you're not all in, then you need to be all out because this isn't a business where you can just come in whenever you want and take your time and it's... Welcome to the UND Greyhound Guide, the only show of its kind where we give you unparalleled access to the University of Indianapolis Sport Management Program, which is located within the amateur sports capital of the world. Through the voices of students, alumni, and even professors, listeners will gain information that can't be received by visiting a website or even touring a campus. Catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on all things sport management. So today we are joined by Mr. Tom Simmons, who is the athletic director at Ohio Northern University. I was first made aware of this institution in 2017 when I was looking at attending law school there. In my short time on campus, I interacted with the basketball program and was just amazed by the facilities that they had for a D3 school located in Ada, Ohio. So in putting together this athletic director series, I figured Mr. Simmons would have some great insight seeing as how he has served as the AD there for over 20 years now. And combined with this, he has over a decade of experience with minor league baseball from Florida to Alabama. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule to do this with me. Happy to do it. So I always like to, if I don't know the people, start off with an icebreaker question. And I know I'd sent this to you. So if you could be any fictional sports movie character, who would you choose? Yeah. This is a great question, but you know, it's a pretty easy answer. Carl Spackler all day. And, now, and I'm, I'm trusting you know who Carl Spackler is. No. Um, can so, I guess? Is it Field of Dreams? You haven't no? seen Caddyshack. No, I've seen pieces of it. I don't think it's that funny, though. Oh, man, that's the end of this interview. I think I'm done. I, didn't, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> no, uh, Caddyshack is one of my favorites. Of course, I'm giving up my age, but that's Bill, Mer- Bill Murray's character. And uh, he gets to dress like a slob every day. And and uh, he's a golf course superintendent or uh, maintenance manager. But, uh, man, the guy was determined he was going to get that uh, that gopher by the end of the movie. So uh, it's it's that's my guy. And so I would encourage you and your classmates to make sure you see the entirety of Caddyshack. My, uh, my fiance, her dad's a big Chevy chase fan and I don't know why, but any movie he's in, I just cannot stay him. Yeah. Chevy, he, he's not the whole, it's a big Rodney Dangerfield and, and, uh, um, Ted Knight, uh, as, as judge Smales. It's just, and there's just a lot of brilliant lines in it. So, and I, and I didn't want to go serious because I could have went into Field of Dreams or anything like that. Or Bull, well, Bull Durham wasn't serious, but it's Carl Spackler. So you know, maybe that might be somebody's research paper to, to explain who Carl Spackler is. Uh, getting into the first question here, I was just reviewing your bio on the school's webpage and saw that you had. Like a significant amount of experience with baseball and like minor league and promotions. So I was wondering if you can maybe touch on how 
the promotions aspect or just the minor league in general helps you in your current role as an AD or maybe if you had an example? Sure, no problem. I, uh, I, I started out my career, I went to Ohio University in sports administration and when I, uh, I did an internship with the Los Angeles Dodgers at their spring training site in Vero Beach, Florida and um, it turned into a full-time job. So I, I was hired back to be the general manager of the Vero Beach Dodgers, which was a full season class A team in the Florida State League that was owned by the Dodgers. And because it was at the spring training site, I still ran spring training operations. So I got the major league and minor league side of it. Um, and part of the job is certainly promotions in minor leagues. You're trying to, trying to get people in the ballpark and after the O'Malley sold the Dodge organization and I went to Mobile, Alabama and ran a double A club for the, in the San Diego Padres organization where, um, because those teams are, are usually owned by private individuals or corporations instead of a major league club. So you've got to sell tickets to survive and you have to sell, uh, advertising and promotions and everything to survive. It's a, it's a profitable business. And so, you know, you learn a lot of things. I mean, but the thing that that complements my career right now is when you're in that, you're selling. You know, you're selling yourself, you're selling your organization. Um, you'll find out if you're an order taker and, and you are working with a business and, you know, you get them to invest their hard earned money in your in your business one time, but then you don't service that sale and you don't follow up. Uh, you're not going to get them the second time. So you've got to follow up with these people to um, to make their investment worth it because the first time around they're buying their your organization but they're buying you too and you know I, I can remember you know, just throughout the year I wanted to find a way just to contact them throughout the year just hey I'm thinking about you um, I saw your kid was in the newspaper you know that stuff you know, it just cements a relationship because sales is relationship and um, it's really helped me in my career now because if I go across campus, uh, I'm selling athletics. When um, uh, a prospective student athlete comes here with their parents, I'm selling the university. And so, you know, servicing the sale is no different than what it was in minor league baseball. It's just a different product. And so I, I, our students now, I have great relationships with them because I'm the same guy that tried to get them to come here. I still want them to see that they made a great choice. Um, you never know what word of mouth is. You know, my son went to Ohio Northern, had a great time, or my son went to Ohio Northern and it was terrible. Yeah, so you're selling throughout your career in anything you do. And it was a good experience for me to learn that and, you know, to learn the aspect of servicing the sale, which is really critical. And, you know, I, I can't say enough about that. You know, you, you're not just coming out once a year to, hey, you know, write me a check. You know, I, I wanted my clients to gain something from my business because then we are truly partners. Um, if it's the other way around, I'm just an order taker. And, and you know, I don't, I don't think that's a good business model. Yeah, I, that's one parallel that whether we're in class and someone comes talks to us, they always talk about how sales is important. And we had a marketing class in undergrad and we had to memorize a script for a for the Indiana Pacers, uh, like when their ticket department calls people. And I remember our professor was just like, why are you guys getting so 
like stressed out about sales. He said he just talked about how like it's sales throughout an organization. So I always think that that's interesting. Yeah, too many people are afraid of sales. I mean, you get to know people, and and once they they gain trust in you, I mean, that's a that's a great situation, and and you can lead those sales into greater involvement from those people who trust you after they learn you. And you know, anywhere you go, you're selling. Every single day, you're selling. And so I don't know why people are afraid of it. So this question is more direct to like. I guess, uh, like your department and your personnel, as an athletic director, what qualities and characteristics do you look for in coaches when you're bringing them on board? And then, in your opinion, do you think these quote-unquote traits change at various levels, like from D1 to D3? Um, I'm going to answer the last one first. I don't think the the traits change at all. Um, I'm not hung up on uh, on youth as much. Uh, sometimes, you know, I've talked to people who won't hire somebody because, quote, they're young. Um, I, I think you have to look at the individual and, and in the aspects I'm going to give you here that, that are the, the qualities. I, I really, when, when I'm looking for somebody, I'm big on integrity. I'm big on, on collegiality, um, understanding being uh, uh having a commitment you know all these things and and you know it's like what we're doing is really important to me and or it, obviously it should be but i want somebody who's going to be able to come in and we teach them to do the job and they do the job and they problem solve if i have to be that person then why do we need that position we hire people to do a job and and i don't apologize for you know, well, I've got some long hours. Well, you knew what you were getting into. Um, you signed the contract. And, you know, don't come to me a year later and say, well, I, you know, I am here, but I'm not making enough money. No, you signed the contract and, and you should have done your homework when you were looking at what we were doing. But but uh, the things that I don't like, and, and, and it's hard to find out when you're interviewing, but um, I'm not going to be lied to because I'm not going to lie to my coaches. Um uh, you know, I try to be straightforward with them. I ask for that in return. Um, I know I have to earn their respect, but they also have to earn mine. So it goes both ways. But um, integrity is really, really important to me because I think that's the base uh, of, of what that person is and who they will become for our organization. There's things that, you know, if, if you started here tomorrow, I, you don't know everything. You know, it's gonna, there's a learning curve. But integrity is something that you should bring with you. And, you know, that honesty, when you're out there doing the selling, you know, you're, you're recruiting a kid to come to our place and you really want this kid and you promise that kid the moon and they come here and they don't get it. You know, you've got some bad relationships already getting started there. You know, so I, I just think that, uh, you know, what that person is and who they are before they get here. And that's why the interview process is so important. And I get really surprised that uh, there's a lot of people who have hired people that I knew really well that they didn't do a reference check and they didn't ask the tough questions. You know, there's so many times someone will do a reference check that, uh, you know, they just go through the motions of the HR thing. Well, you have to ask this, this, and this. Well, there's some really deep questions that I think you should ask because it's easier to find it out in advance then when you've got a problem with that person a year or two later, that they're really not doing the job. 
You know, you, you come in and do an interview, I'm going to get your best foot forward every single time. And the people that you list on your resume, you're, unless you're, you're crazy, you're not going to put somebody down that's going to give you a bad reference. But I go off the, I go off the resume and ask other questions because that's my job. And the, the hardest thing to do is when you hire somebody and you find out they're not the person for the job. First, you know, I always want to try to help tie a knot at the end of the rope and try to learn. But there comes a time you have to separate yourself. And that's very difficult to do because there's a human being on the other side of that desk no matter what. And so, you know, you don't find out these things. And, and, and I think everybody needs to identify the things that are important to themselves. But you find out those things because if the process does break down and you have to separate someone it's it's really hard to do uh, just from the human aspect of it and legality too but that's a different story <clears throat> so we learn a lot especially as incoming freshmen like in college about how the sports field is long hours and uh, you're on your feet constantly. Could you maybe touch on being like a smaller university, some aspects of like a typical day, whether it be game day or non-game day? And I don't know if you guys wear a lot of different hats there. Yeah, it's um, there's no typical day, and and there never will be. Uh, but that's uh, and, and it is a very good question. But you know, I'm uh, we have a small staff. I have an assistant athletic director and she is wonderful. We both have full plates, and um, the, the more we do, and especially COVID, COVID has changed my existence because there's no manual for this. Um, we're all really acting on instinct, trying to make the right decisions for our, for our student athletes. But, you know, I'm very deep in budget um, fundraising uh, because we have a, uh, uh, a fundraising organization through our advancement office, but I'll be doing a lot more of that in the next couple years, uh, going out and meeting with alumni. So, I, you know, the fundraising is is more selling that we talked about earlier, but it's uh, um, certainly alumni relations, which is really critical. Um, I mean, eligibility through the NCAA, uh, compliance with rules and regulations, and you know, if anybody going into this in this business doesn't take compliance and eligibility seriously, you know, they need to look at something else because there's so many ways that you can make mistakes here that um, NCAA wise, you have to turn them in. And, and there is no excuse for cheating your peers. You know, we, we are not going to break the rules. Now, you're going to break rules by mistake. But, you know, if, if we hired someone who uh, purposefully took a shortcut with the NCAA rules or our Ohio Athletic Conference rules or Ohio Northern rules. You know, that's a fireball offense for me. It goes back to that integrity thing. But um, in, in what we do, we are bound by the rules to turn ourselves in. And um, it's, a, it's, it's a tough process. And you sh there are things that you should never do. And so part of that, there's an arm of educating our staff um, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. So certainly that compliance. I'm, I'm in HR basically, even though Ohio Northern has an HR department, but um, you know, there's staff training, um, hiring, and unfortunately firing, uh, job searches, uh, interviews, and, and all that stuff. And, you know, sometimes I have to be super dad, where, you know, you're, you're calming someone down or you're giving advice. You've got 
you walk down the hall and you know you see one of your athletes moping and just walk by him you know sometimes someone needs a pat on the back how you doing is there something wrong can i you want to talk um that goes down to the care that we have for our student athletes and 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 actually um and i and i've seen this many times you know you've got some staff who you know whether it's a personal problem or they're worried they're at the office about their job performance or something you know i i think it's important for a leader to reach out to those people and say hey what's going on you know and maybe you know it's my philosophy but i want to be very approachable i don't want people um looking around the corner cuz oh here comes the athletic director you know i go into people's offices i talk to them i i i know who their family is um those things help build relationships and they build trust and then people will share those things with you so there are things in leadership wise that uh you know you've got to show some care for the people who work for you because they're the ones who make you what you are it's interesting that you just mentioned like the NCA rules and regulations and you said like you're an extension of HR and our graduate courses Right now we have a 500 level class where we have to choose case studies from the NCAA uh like their website and we have to choose them from the last 20 years and break them down and we literally just last semester had um an HR class where we learned like you know hiring and what to look for and even like the interview process so you just touched on all that good so this next question I was kind of hesitant when I first put it in cuz I didn't want to come across as like an insult because it's something that I am really interested in. When I look when I look at the like AD field, I'm always interested in how that individual at a program goes about like fostering fostering relationships in the community. And I looked it up and Ada has a population of around 6,000 it said. So, and you kind of just touched on it. you talked about the fundraising and the alumni relations. What are some ways that you go about building relationships uh, in the community to support the polar bears cuz I'd imagine with a smaller population that those relationships become more valuable. Sure, I and I've got an advantage that a lot of people don't have because not only and I am I an alum of Ohio Northern but I grew up here in Ada and my family is multi-generation Ada. So I know people anyway. Um and it's it's helped in a lot of ways because sometimes in the in the town and gown relationships there people don't understand each other and there are times when people don't understand the university and oh they make assumptions of of a certain thing and you know here's the Ada guy who's working there and and because I have relationships with people I can better explain when those types of things happen and and what could that be well you know maybe somebody had a big party in their house next door to somebody else's house who lives there so the rental is causing noise and well the university doesn't care you know you get flippant comments like that um but going back to the relationships you know you guys just have to be present um i've gone to high school athletic events just to be there um you know you see people in stores you try to do business in town whenever you can Um sure I try to sell advertising but I have to understand that the local businesses which are are naturally going to be small businesses in a small community there's only so much blood in the turnip so you can't be going in asking for a lot of sponsorship dollars when you're getting hit by 24 different 
fraternities, sororities, or the high school athletic department or whatever, you have to coexist. Um, I hire um, people from the community to uh, run scoreboards sometimes, or we make our indoor track available to local retirees if in the winter they want to get exercise, they come in the facility and they walk. So, you know, I, I don't care if you're in athletics and you're not in the president's office, you have a responsibility to your community to, your community to participate. Maybe, um, you know, through our camps or, or doing things with local kids, uh, inviting them to a ball game for free or something. There's a lot of things you can do that don't cost money. Um, you know, and now the ideas are coming. I mean, our basketball team will go over to the high school and do reading programs. And we'll recognize these kids on, a bas on the basketball court at halftime for all their achievements. That stuff goes a long way. And so, and it doesn't have to cost money. It can actually be a money maker, but you know, you, you got to be careful there. You don't want to just make it all about bringing in revenue. Sometimes you have to do some other things that uh, can bring in some revenue, but they're more important for public relations. We had uh, some of those ideas that you just mentioned. We had an adjunct professor at UND for a few years, and he was a former AD for like two decades. And he said that one little thing he did, he felt like the the janitorial staff at schools were like underappreciated. So he said anytime that he was an AD, every year he got him shirts that just said like uh, custodial staff for the Wildcats or the polar bears. Yeah. Um, and he always talked about what you just said, like you don't have to spend a lot of money to make people feel appreciated. Right. I, I tried to, and that's one thing that, that I was, I was going to try to work in this conversation. So I appreciate you saying that because, you know, I, I, I tried to teach our new coaches that, whether you take a dozen donuts down to the grounds crew or something, I mean, I, I, I personally, and I don't share this because it can be people think you're patting yourself on your back and you're not. Um, with our custodial staff, I know their kids' names. Um, I know what what they like to do. I bring them breakfast or lunch or something. Because first of all, because they work so hard, and you know, so many people will walk by and not even say hello well, I want to know what their name is and where they're from and if I can give them a t-shirt or a coat or something it goes a long way in uh, in in fostering that care and respect that I think we should show um, I think our staff should know that and so I try to try to lead by example there because I don't think you can force that on somebody because you know people are pretty smart they see when you're when you're playing with them and I, and I don't I don't like that you know I, I do it because it's it's coming from the heart and then you know one of the benefits though is when you're in town or you need a job done on campus um, they'll do things for you because they know you respect them and people forget what those two words thank you you know you tell somebody thank you and you mean it I mean it goes a long way and you know I'm really long in the tooth here. I'm, I'm an old guy. I'm, I can see the finish line, but from day one, my parents taught me, you thank people, you treat them with respect and that respect will come back to you. And I think as a leader, I think the leaders have a greater responsibility to show that and understand that because other eyes are watching and it goes a long way. So that's really, a, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really to me critical in the success of a leader. I have an off-topic question before we get to that last one because I, I don't think I realize that you grew up in Ada <laughs> there is a, in my short time in town when I moved in um, 
my fiance and my friend helped me move into a house. It was like right over behind that subway. We ate at a restaurant. I think it was a pizza or Italian place, like across from the McDonald's there. And I had some ice cream there. It was like a caramelized, uh, I don't know what kind, but it was literally the best ice cream ever. So is that something that people there know, or did I just happen to like go to the best ice cream spot? Cause I'm not kidding. Like I still talk about it. And that was like three years ago. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that you cannot hide ice cream. Once it's out there, if it's good, people are gonna find it. So yeah, they're still they're still serving it. It's Toff's ice cream up from up by uh, Cedar Point uh, amusement park up in Sandusky. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah you can't hide that. So really, we're down to the last question. It looks like so if a student was coming out of school and wanting to be in your in your shoes someday an athletic director of a department what would be your go-to piece of advice or pieces i well first of all there's no one way to do it i mean i i think i'm really the exception because coming from professional sports to the ncaa is uh almost sacrilegious so you know the, and and i was really surprised at the learning curve um it was a lot longer than i thought it was um i i it, it was not lost on me how important it is at the division three level i mean you know when our athletes cry when they lose those tears are just as wet as as ohio states the other night when they got beat by alabama um, I mean, it means a lot to our athletes. And so because it does, and it means something to our coaches, you know, advice there is this is a serious business. And um, if you're not all in, then you need to be all out because this isn't a business where you can just come in whenever you want and take your time. And it's, 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 a, busy, it's a busy, busy occupation. I guess even through baseball, my entire career, has been athletics and athletics. You you put in a lot of time, um, and a lot of a lot of it is very stressful time. So you also have to figure out a way to manage your uh, manage your time, but manage your emotions too. You know, any any given day you can have an explosion in here because people are so passionate, and you got a lot of type A, type A people, which I'm not. But uh, that's you've got to learn to manage that, and especially your time. I think that. Uh, if you have a dream, I don't care what it is, you know, chase that dream, you know, put yourself, you know, I always hear that term, you're in the right place at the right time. Well, that might be the case, but you have to put yourself in the right place to be in that right place. If you know what I mean, you have to prepare yourself for that right place at the right time. Networking is really important. Thank you notes are a, are a forgotten talent. You know, somebody does something for you and you take the time to send them a note, whether, you know, yeah, email is email, but even mailing them a thank you note, I'm old school, I know that. But when I get that from somebody, you know, I I do a lot of interviews. And early in my career, I used to get a lot of thank you. Thank you for taking the time to interview me. Well, anymore, a lot of people aren't doing that. So what does that tell me? If If you're not putting in the time to sell yourself, then how can I expect you to put in the time to sell my product? So I look for people who want to do things like that. So I, you know, getting back to your question, I think it's really important for someone to get into this type of business. 
to remember to take care of people and be good to them because you're a reflection of this business. You know, I represent Ohio Northern Athletics. I'm not going to be uptown in the bar being taken out at night and somebody throw me in the back of a car because I'm knocked down smack drunk. Now, I'm not against drinking, but I've got the discernment to know when and where that's appropriate. And when you're representing student athletes in your community, and we talked about community a little bit, I can't have that reputation. And so there's a lot of responsible things we have to do. I would encourage you all to work for the next job. Uh, you know, you get your job today, but that's not going to be what you do 10 years from now. So prepare for that next job as you move up the ladder. There's nothing wrong with looking to improve yourself. When I hire somebody, I want somebody that people are going to try to take away from us. That means we hired a good person who's got a lot of talent. And then it's a challenge for me to keep them here, which I'll try to do. So work for the next job. And and yeah, you did give me the uh, questions before. And I have this underlined. And I know I just said this, but take care of the little person. Take care of the little person because that's, you know, that's, I, I can't say enough about that because they, I'm nobody without my secretary and she's not a little person. She's wonderful. I'm nobody without the staff in this department. I'm nobody without the custodians work in this building. You can't say that enough. I like that you just said you work like for the next job and you hire people that have aspirations. I just read, um, it's coach K's book from several years ago called leading with the heart. Yeah. And he talks about how, he only wants to hire assistants that want to be head coaches. He said, because if they don't have that aspiration, then they don't want to get better. Right. Um, so that was like an exact tie-in. I, I read that book too. And that, that really hit me myself. And you know, it's it, aspirations and, and trying to make yourself better. I mean, why wouldn't we want someone like that? Um, I appreciate you taking the time. I know this ran a little longer than I thought, but Anytime. it was a good talk. So I will be sure to promote Caddyshack. There you go. You know what I think. We accomplished something. Uh, but good luck with, you said you guys are returning to in-person competitions uh, the next few weeks. So right. good luck with that. Hope everything in Ada stays well. Yep. Happy to help anytime. Thank you. All right. Um, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Take care.